and at the tomb of the resurrection. Has some more come and jump on him, Jesus. Everybody say, Lord, bless him in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord, church. Isn't it great to be here today? God bless you. You may be seated. Go let our classes go back. Amen. Thank God again this morning for our Sunday school department and all the teachers and students. Man, the parents that is willing to bring them to be a part. Amen. Of this local assembly where we gather here to worship none other but Jesus Christ. And we endeavor to worship him in spirit and in truth. Truth. Amen. This, this term truth is going to become more important as time carries on. as always has been. But in the world that we're living and the times that we're living, truth. Holding to it, building upon it, clinging to it, allowing it to cling to us. is going to make all the difference in the world. How to worship Him in spirit and truth. Man, it's really about worship. You do anything. The first murder that ever took place was over worship. It's good to see, amen, Rochelle, God bless you, Linda, God bless you, see you all with us this morning. It's good to see the granddaughters, amen, of Sister Lori's and also Sister Vicki, God bless her. Good to see all in the house of God, uh, all of you, every one of you, amen, to, to come and to be a part of this service today and be involved in the work of God and the kingdom of God and take our time to give him glory and praise and honor, even though he's the one that gives us all the time. Amen. Without him, we wouldn't have nothing. And I thank God that we have him working on our behalf here this morning. Praise God. Got a beautiful lesson, a powerful lesson. Esther. Um, I'm just going to basically use the Bible this morning. Go through the chapters as much as we can. Time a lot allow us to today. God saved the queen, but not only the queen, he saved his people. Saving the queen, he was saving his people. Uh, boy, that's that's that was a lot more said there than what you think. Don't let this the spirit get a hold of you or the attitude get a hold of you once you've been brought out of the dominations that have not preached the fullness of the gospel, laid the right foundation. And God seen fit to reach out, get a hold of you, and you heard this truth, and you're willing to walk out of the traditions of men traditions of families it don't matter if it's your mom your dad your grandma your grandpa's or whoever it might be but when you heard truth you was willing to forsake that and so just like the queen here as it says saving the queen amen you and i as individuals of families possibly amen become as a liken to this queen now that we've been saved once we've been brought into this truth the revelation of this truth the responsibility that's upon us not by ourselves but with him so don't feel downhearted and, and depressed. Sometimes I'm the only one in my family. Well, thank God. And uh, be thankful that you've been brought out of the false doctrines and got a revelation of this truth and you stop the curse, amen, that's been in your family for traditions or for, for generations to generations. And now it's going to be a battle there. There's going to be a struggle there, sure, no doubt. They're going to attack you. They're going to question it. But still don't change the facts about truth. They don't change the facts about uh, this one true God. And so we see this even with Esther, even though they were still in Babylon. A man is still under the, Lord, the, the laws and commandments of the Persians. Amen. And um, in that situation, uh, they had to have the choice, but all didn't come out of, uh, out of Babylon at one time. There's about three different times. And still even after that, 
For what I understand by history and things, uh, there's still some of the Jews that still lingered in Babylon because they loved that lifestyle. They loved where they had found themselves for 70 years. They had children. Now, you got to remember, if you had those that's born there in the first year or two of that, now here they are in their upper 80s, and this is all they know is Babylon. And uh, from all accounts, some were blessed there. They, they built houses. They had gardens, and they had life. And, and so we, we see some things that happened. So anyway, a lot of them didn't come. And uh, so as we look at this, you know, uh, let's look at it right off the start here this morning that, hey, thank God that I've been brought to truth. And now there is a battle that's going to come with that. But I'm going to hold on because this is truth. Truth is going to prevail. Amen. The weapons against us is not going to prosper. And this is, ties into this lesson too. Even though it's a book that's been written that really doesn't, doesn't just in words acknowledge God. We're going to see the power of God, the authority of God, how God works in, in humanity. And, uh, and you're also going to see the powers and representation of the demonical forces and powers of evil, such as hating the Jews, hating the Jews as hating God. Because we all know, even to this day, they're referred to and likened to as God's people. And now if you go far enough back, God's beginning at the time of creation, the garden, and beginning up into Genesis, amen, where it starts in 12 chapter Genesis, he was actually trying to reach all of humanity, trying to deal. He had changed his mind there because, but man kept failing. You go back to Genesis 6, the Bible, things of this nature. It's just the nature of man from the fall of the garden to do that which is unrighteous. It's not the natural thing for us to do, to do righteous stuff and live righteously. So we've got to have some external help. We've got to get some help that's outside of us. Awesome. And this brings us right into the kingdom of God, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, to live righteous. We've got to have another law, another spirit that moves inside of us that we can even contend. Amen. And so this is the battle between, amen, what we're going to give ourselves to, either to our soul or to our flesh. That's the reason you can't serve, you know, one, you can't serve both. That's a very, very miserable life. But anyway, so there's a lot to this when you really begin to look into it and watch unfolds and what takes place here as God saved the queen. Now, uh, we're going to read the, the verses and then just go into the focus verse in Estes 4 and 14. Who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this. Boy, this is some of the most uh, uh, statements that's it's been ever anchored into all of our hearts and our minds and our spirit. Amen. As we come humbling and yielding ourselves unto the Lord, the kingdom of God. Now, we can like that again, right in front of the first things I said, that now you have been brought into a kingdom. What kingdom we're talking about? The Holy Ghost kingdom, the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the kingdom that's not knowing no ending. Now, here's where we might get messed up sometimes. Uh, sometimes this kingdom business, amen, because we're not in the fullness of this kingdom, there will be, there is coming a time God's going to show it in the millennium of a thousand years upon this earth. As he rules and reigns, a man will not sin. And the devil will be bound. And life will go as God intended it to go from the very beginning. And then there will be a time, amen, when the devil's loose for season. And then he'll be forever, amen. And so, so what I'm trying to tell us, uh, this measure of this kingdom, amen, the down payment. Uh, we're not walking the fullness of it. So now we got to contend. we got to, you know, deal with certain things and situations. Uh, even with these earthly bodies, we're not exempt uh, from things happening to these earthly bodies. Such as cancer and heart attacks and accidents and things of this nature. When God gave you the Holy Ghost and introduced you into this kingdom, Amen. It didn't exempt you and per, uh, uh, perfect you into a manner in a way that you're never going to hit your finger with a hammer. 
you know, that don't happen. You know, you still got to deal with this. And so, but yet there, that, that measure of that kingdom of the spirit to, to walk in that, that righteousness and godliness. And that doesn't mean that we're going to be so perfect. Now, here's the difference. I believe and man. I know I'm, I'm going to it anyway. Uh, just let me follow the Holy Ghost right here for just a moment. But again, we're not servants to it. There's a difference in dropping the ball and coming up short and getting the better hand does us at times than actually being a servant. Not only a servant, but that servant believing that I can continue to follow this master and still make it to heaven. You can't serve two masters. Catch that. Okay, serve two masters. That doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't get the upper hand at times and, and get you pulled down aside roads at times. But you've got to make up in your mind like the prodigal son saying, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. The servants at my father's house has got more than enough to eat. If I keep following this master, keep following my lust and my enticement and walling after the devil, there will be a day when I won't have nothing. And so, so as we watch this, this kingdom business, because as I done mentioned, a man, they're already been. Now, most believe, if, if you, you do a study on this, uh, even the premier Bible makes mention of this, uh, that this Esther business happened. Even though it followed behind Nehemiah, that Esther actually happened before Nehemiah's time. And that it actually happened about 30 years prior to Nehemiah. They believe it happened somewhere between maybe Ezra 6 and 7. Now, that's history. You do with it what you want to. You know, it doesn't make any difference. But this unfolded. It did take place, and it happened. And, you know, many are surprised how it made its way into the canopy of the Bible itself simply because of the rules and the facts of not actually mention God and things of this nature. But it did because now you see even with this book that's put into these 66 books how the sovereign hand of God can move upon even upon unbelievers <laughs> or those that don't even know the Holy Ghost or the truth of God. But God's hand, that's the all-seeing hand that knows the ending from the beginning knows how to put and place the word, the Bible and enough in this book to save us. To deliver us. If we'll take and read and study what's in this King James Version. And I'm not one of these guys that's totally against all the other translations. But if I'm going to buy one Bible, I'm going to buy King James Version. Okay? Alright. That's what I'm going to do. But... You know, if you want to use others, amen, to study by and for translation to help, you can do that. But guess what? It's the Holy Ghost that makes all the difference in the world. I know some other folks of other denominations that they won't do nothing but out of a King James Version, but their loss is a goose. By the King James Version. Okay? And so, thank God for the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the greatest instructor, culture, teacher that you've got. Now, the Holy Ghost is not going to be a voice that's going to be contrary to the fivefold ministry. It's going to find unity. You see, you see it in the Bible a lot of times where come on, our spirit, spirit agreeing together. That Holy Ghost agreeing. He's gave us enough a measure of the Spirit of God to know when it's of God and when it's not. Okay. Then you got the Scripture to help back that up. When you feel in the Holy Ghost, a lot of times you start to say, God, show me. Leave me. Guess what? He'll show you somewhere in the book. It'll show up. It may take a day. It may take two days. It may take a week. It may just drop out. Or, you know, no telling where, whoever, the song. But God, God's mindful. He's got his seasons. He's got his times. He knows how to work with us. And in his, he's the one that perfects us. Remember, we're the clay. He's the potter. The, 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 the perfect way of the clay is to be willing to be on the, the potter's wheel. And allow him to touch us. 
allow him to place the spirit in the water. Amen. I mean, so, so there's a lot to that. But anyway, all right, the, the truth about God. <coughs> the truth about God uh, is that God often works out his will through adverse circumstances. Through adverse. Amen. So, you know, when you talk about that, means hostile. Uh, you know, uh, how many would us love to have the will of God, but we want it with no hostility, <laughs> no resistance? How many likes resistance? You ain't got to answer that. I already know the answer. Uh, you know, you, you like agreement. You like people to agree with you. If wrong or right, you still like people to agree with you. And when they don't, even when you're wrong, you're still going to try to prove them wrong. If nothing else, you put on a clown's face and fake it until you get out of there. <laughs> I knew they was right, but I didn't let them know it. <laughs> but, you know, that's just, that's some, again, that's some of our makeup. You know, nobody likes to be wrong. We like to be right. Amen. But uh, so, truth for, for my life is I will face my circumstances, what? With courage. With courage and with faith. And so, no doubt, amen, this is what Esther's going to do. It's what she fulfills. But not only Esther, but Mordecai himself as a vessel of God. So, we're going to see... And uh, I don't have the perfect answer, except, except it maybe it was not God's will for all of them to leave Babylon at the same time. Uh, the city of Jerusalem, we know, that was in such chaos, that had been torn down, and uh, even the beast could not make its way through that. Even after Nehemiah got, gets there, and so after prior of Ezra showing up in different ones and what had been, you know, that point in the process it went through, there's a lot of all that. But we just know that here we've got two key characters that are one God believers that are still uh, going to stand for truth. That's not going to bow, amen, to the systems that they're a part of and the environment that they're in. I want you to catch that today. Our spiritual world is wanting us to bow. The spiritual world is wanting us to compromise. The spiritual world for one reason or another. And here's where you and I have got to be careful. You know, let me ask you something. How many of you remember how the casinos got the advantage to come upon the land? How did they even, how did they manage to find a place down here? What was it all about when it was all said and done? Money. How they was going to bless people and how they was going to do this and do all the other. But when you look into the spiritual realms of it and what's been brought with this activity. You see, a lot of people don't think their activities hurt anybody. You know, this again, another life of the devil. That my activities and my conduct don't matter. I can do what I want to. It's not going to affect anyone else. But that's incorrect. That's not true. And it doesn't matter if you're, you feel like you're an important person or not. Man, it's going to affect someone. You know, we, you and I may not, as in the scriptures, if you ever notice the scriptures uh, brings out things in, 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 in a way, uh, and sometimes it's related to us in a way that just because it's not of that multitude, sometimes if we're not careful, we ex exempt ourselves from that. But let me ask you, can anybody put a price on a soul? 
anyone's soul. It doesn't matter whose it is. No. And so as we all take part in this kingdom business and the work of the kingdom to, because that's what it's about, you know, this is the message that Mordecai sends to Esther, brought to the kingdom of God for such a time as this. So to be sensitive to God, sensitive to the Holy Ghost in that moment or that time, down to the point of each encounter and uh, uh, to do things. How many ever had a conversation with someone and later on you use, oh, I wish I'd remembered this. I wish I'd have said that. I wish I hadn't have said this, maybe. Um, I mean, one thing, I, and, and so, you know, I'm going to get another chance. Maybe not with that individual, but with the next one. So we learn. We exercise. We learn this. And so we understand how important that our words are. Proverb talks about that, you know. Golden nuggets and in, 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 in what pictures of silver. Amen. The, the wisdom, the man that wins souls is wise. And how does he do that? By his conduct, by his words, by his actions. How he responds to this. So we're going to see this through Esther. Amen. And, and as you, we go into this lesson, and we really begin to understand the adversary and the enemy that they're facing, and the time and the place, the geographical location where they're at, Amen. And, and what a perfect song that was sung this morning. Amen. The weapons formed against us shall not prosper. When it looks like there's really no way out, amen, to get out of these circumstances or situations. So with God's help this morning by all means, amen, to help me, amen, to, to maybe address and bring out just a few points here this morning, amen, to help us out, amen, because we, we definitely need his help today. But anyway, uh, as we look at it, in the very beginning of Esther, in the first chapter, we're going to notice and we get the information of the king and of his time. Now, he's a pretty, pretty, pretty important God. Hazarus, a man here, 127 princes. Amen. It's pretty large, pretty big. In fact, if you go on, you remember with Daniel, it talked about in that time that he was set over the three presidents was 127 princes. Amen. So see, we see it's pretty large. And so now the Bible didn't give us and inform us because now after he shows them and spends a, a quite a bit, bit of time of his arrogance, you might say, his pride as he shows unto those that came. And pretty worth, pretty much there's a governor over every one of these. And so we don't know, the Bible don't tell us how many of this multitude that has showed up for this gathering that took place for this banquet and, and the time that he spent spending quite some time, amen, showing them his artwork and showing him his, his, what he had put together and what he had brought about. And then they're going into this banquet and now as they go into this banquet so there's possibly at least if we just take one governor out of each one that's 127 if they bring their wives and apparently they did because now that's a man is having a banquet for them and so then for most of the time when a governor shows up there's uh, the security bunch and those it's right hand man and things of that nature so we really don't but 
we can be assured there's a pretty good multitude that's joined with this and brought into this situation. That And these are important people holding high positions that he wanted to impress and he wanted, you know, to, to, you know, to get their attention, impress them in such a way of his leadership and what he had put together. Amen. I mean, that's this pride and arrogance. And, and if you read again, if you go back to this premier, and I know I refer to a lot, this is kind of Bible I've got, to, but they tell us a little bit of history about him. They talk about he rose up against Greece. And when he went up against Greece, that his men, some 1,200, I believe it was, somewhere in that neighborhood of his military. Anyway, the engineers, they built a, a, a bridge. And when they built the bridge over, there's a water there, a body of water about a mile wide between them. And so they built this bridge because of a storm that came through and this bridge had collapsed. He hung a man, the, the engineers and, and the others that was involved in it, he, he whipped them with 300 stripes. And so this, the, the hostility of this man, a man, if, if you was going to do it his way or you was going to pay the price. Amen. So anybody that called in into his, and watch this. Also, whenever you're under this kind of kingdomship and leadership, you didn't really have an option. You know, because I want to make mention of this because there's this debate over some because son of the canopy, they talk about how, how would uh, God would even allow her to marry him. And by the law, amen, she shouldn't, amen. But, amen, again, under this geographical location, this setting, amen, here she is, she didn't really have a choice in the matter. Not under his kingship. They took who they wanted to take. They took whatever lands they wanted to take. If you go back to Samuel, go back to the kingship, go back to what he had warned the people, even the Israelites. Said, hey, you're going to have rulers over you. They're not going to do it God's way. They're going to, they're going to reach a point in place. They're going to do it their way. And finally reach the place. Israel reached the place. They didn't have no righteous king, not any. And so we have to be careful. And now, man, I could go off into this, in the political realms and things of this other nature. Uh, you know, as, as the direction you vote and the direction you get involved and should you get involved and things of this nature. I do know this much. Paul instructed us to pray for him. Pray for him. So let's pray for him. We need to pray for our leaders. Not just ours, but worldly leaders. Don't, don't underestimate the power of your prayer. Well, I'm a nobody. I'm out here in the country. Nobody even know me. God does. Do you know God? You know the will of God. And so it's by the power of prayer. And we may start this Wednesday night talking a little bit on this in this area. I, I feel like sometimes we underestimate the power of prayer and the results of it. Why do you think your carnality and the devil wars against you about praying? He didn't want you to pray. He didn't want you to get on a schedule or a routine of prayer and continue prayer. Amen. He's going to try. Why do you think he keeps... I want to say the world, but that's not true. Why do you think he tries keeps us so busy? If we're not careful, we find ourselves so busy, we can't even hardly come to the house of God. And if we ain't got time to come to the house of God, then we're probably not spending a whole lot of time in prayer. So anyway, I don't want to get on that one. So as we work through this today and, and we begin to see some of this unfold and what transpires and... Um, as he began to show all of his riches to these and as it unfolds, I want you to, I want you to notice something. Uh, Esther 1 and 8, these are some of the scriptures. I didn't give them many, but I gave them a few here this morning. But this kind of leaped out to me just out of, out of just 
seemed like nowhere. All of a sudden, actually, after I'd been reading this several times and kind of come back to it. And uh, let me ask you something. What's one of the areas that we, uh, that uh, people may question us and wonder, you know, especially when it comes uh, to living for God? Uh, his commandments and statutes and principles. What's some of the things that we've been focusing on probably for what now for the last year and a half, two years? Been mentioned quite often about loving his precepts, and commandments, and laws. Watch what unfolds here. Amen. In its eighth verse, he talks about the drinking according, according to the what? Hmm. I found that a little surprising, a little amazing, actually. According to the law. You know, what the law allows. Permits. Goes on, it talks about for emphasis the vessels of each one diver from another. Notice that, what that's talking about. I'm sorry, that was a verse prior to that. The, this gathering had been together, this, this governor or this, this king, a man here. Everybody that was there, and I'm not sure how many was there. But everybody out of those vessels, every vessel was designed different. Nobody had the same vessel. In the kingdom of God, all of us is not going to be identical. But he can use every one of us. Now, some would take that out of and take it around some of the commandments and statutes and principles of godliness and holiness and separation. <laughs> but you know what? Did you know the law of separation is one of the first laws that was ever taught us in the scripture? Before man was ever created. And, and, and we don't want to separate ourselves. But let me ask you something. What did God do when he moved upon the face of the earth? And the spirit of God and the voice of God began to move. What began to happen? He began to separate the waters. <laughs> separate time, night and day. It's impossible to come to know this God. And not experience some separation. Okay, And so, as we watch these laws of God, it's all about separating us from the world. Separating us. It's not about laws. They can call it laws. But you know what? They are, they're obeying laws too. Just like here, it was dealt with the laws. You can go to the 15th verse again. This is going to come up again. What shall we do unto the queen? Fast according, according to the law. I'm not mistaken, the gentleman that Brother Ford mentioned that we was a little hesitant on responding to him this morning, amen, was the first guy of the seven princes that works with the king here. Amen. Use human or something like that. I don't probably pronounce it right either, but anyway, he's the first guy. He was the one of the prince that came up with this idea about Vestai, about what we're going to do now because of according to the law, because she hath not performed the commandment of the king Hazarus by the chamberlain. And he goes on to tell him, hey, he, she didn't only just sin against the king, she sinned against the princes and against all the people. And now, if as this word gets out, all the wives are going to rise up and rebel against their husbands. And he connected this to the law. 
Folks, I'm going to tell you something. Anything that you're doing in your life out of obedience, keeping the commandments and the statutes of God, don't you let nobody intimidate you. I, I don't say this with any kind of whatever either. When you're obeying the laws of God at whatever cost, you're doing the right thing. When you obey in the laws of God, and if it costs you that extra $10, you pay the $10. If you're obeying the laws of God and you've got to put an extra into righteous service, you just pay the price. You've got one that's going to honor you and bless you, not only in this life, but in the life to come. I promise you, it's going to be worth it. This attitude and spirit that's got a hold of America, of an easy life, of a life of just partying and a life of ease. And, hmm. Watch this. This spirit has been around a long, long time. This spirit has been working against humanity for a long, long time. She watched this banqueting business that goes on. This partying business. A man that keeps unfolding and transpiring. Ezra's a man was well known for it. He loved to party often. A man, you th see it throughout the scriptures here today of his uh, ability. In fact, I'm going to jump ahead just a little bit in case I forget because of this point I want to make out about him here. A man that after even the time with, with uh, Haman and he made that agreement to giving him the silver or, and, and the, the right to the people. A man, the Jews. It says that he and Haman turns and they go to drinking. So here it talks about even that that they're drinking. It's the royal wine. Man, it's, it's the special. Man, it's the, it's the best. Man, and so he's known for this. He's, he indulges in this. He's a, a party man, you might would say. And he, he comes so wrapped up and involved into this and days of it at a time. And so this is part of his kingdom, a part of what he, he becomes a part of. And hey, if you, if you watch America today... She's more interested in partying than doing anything else. In all events, I want to be careful here because we love to fellowship. We love to have food and drink and things of that nature. But you know what? If we're not careful, even that will try to slip into the house of God. It will become more important to us. In fact, someone has hit me up and said, you know, hey, it's second Sunday. We're not fellowshipping tonight. And they weren't talking about fellowshipping in here. <laughs> they were wanting to know about the fellowship back there. <laughs> Amen. And so we're not totally against that. And let's use it when it's pro proper and right. But that can't become the God. Your Testament taught us not to let our belly become our God. Our, our passions, our desire to try to contend or try to satisfy it and try to please it. That's never going to happen. Amen. And so, but that's what we got to battle with because we're in the earthen vessel. Okay. And so, Lord, help me here today. I, I don't want to pull up too many stumps today, but uh, I'm telling you, we're living in that time. We're living in that world today. So, you know the story in the first chapter how that Festi was not, she would not, she was not willing. I believe again, you see in the sovereign hand of God moving. Most of the time, uh, well, I, I want to say that maybe, but, but a lot of times a lady will. She wants to show herself. She wants to reveal herself. 
In fact, most ladies, when they dressed in an ungodly manner, that's what it's all about. And, uh, you know, when they do that, especially if they're not, you know, if they got a husband, why they're doing it? Unless it's the desire of the husband. And why would he do it? Why would he want that? And so the spirit, let's get, let's get to that point. It's the spirit behind it. That's the reason even the house of God, the church of God, both now, this day and time, we got to dress the man as much as the lady. We got men that wants to dress and, you know, reveal themselves and portray themselves. <laughs> Amen. I, in fact, I think we need to be careful in some areas, and I'm just going to drop some of this out there. I believe we need to be careful in, in you know, uh, when we, we, we begin to put so much focus. Boy, I'm wanting to be careful here. Amen. We want to have a spirit of excellency, but uh, we got to be careful not to let that spirit of excellency become where it's more important to watch on the outside instead of what's on the inside. Amen. That uh, we, we're going to make sure that where we purchase them suits and how much we pay for them and, and the, the, the names of them and things of this nature. And, uh, uh, you know, we, we, we got to have certain little designs to them and uh, certain little whatever to get into this clique and get into this... You know, uh, I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I know one thing. If you go to the time that God and the tabernacle and the outward side of that tabernacle that God, the first tabernacle that we could really see and to behold, um, didn't impress people too much. Badger skins and this nature. The real beauty of it was on the inside. And, and, and I'm not telling us to look like a bunch of slouch. I'm not, I'm not saying that. Dress the best you can. Do the best you can. Clean up. I heard Brother Ford talking about the difference between a rat and a squirrel. The squirrel just dresses up a little better. <laughs> I think he got that out of a Lewis Lamar book. <laughs> Amen. So you take that. You can edit that if you want to. <laughs> it doesn't matter. Praise God. Hallelujah. But, you know, to dress the best you can. Wait a minute. What's the purpose of that dress? God. Godly. Godliness. Wholesome. What spirit? Hear me this morning. What spirit? What kingdom is in us? What's ruling? What's dominating? And our conduct reveals that. You know? They can bash us all they want to. And this wouldn't be so hard, but when we got our own bashing us, it changes the battle. It changes the, the force of it. But it doesn't change the facts of it as we present ourselves. And so she wouldn't do it with her beauty and her array. And uh, after, you know, and that's because no doubt she knew that she would expose herself to. Not only him, but all the others that was at this point probably drunk. <laughs> you know, and who else would that have led to? If you notice, you've read the scriptures, it mentions about the bed. Now, those beds, if you do any study on that, and I don't want to get too whatever here, but, but they're actually referred to in our day would be more like a recliner. Their time of, of, of these type of feast, all that would take place... They wouldn't like us where we have the chairs and tables. They had more that was referred to and likened to couches or recliners. And this is how they would, you know, I don't know how, much, how well I could eat in a recliner. Not it kicked up. I'd much, I think I enjoy ours better. But anyway, uh, you know, but so, so just give you a little insight of some of all what was unfolding, what was taking place and happening. 
And so after this, in the second chapter, you get into the area where they begin to make a search and they begin to look because, again, they come up with this idea after the, the rage, and that's what it says, the rage of this king is calmed down and settled to now of Astai. Cannot, cannot ever, ever come back into the presence of the king, ever. So they were sending a decree, a law. Go back again to the law. He made his a law. The Medes and Persians. That could not be altered or changed. I could take you to Daniel the 6th chapter. If you remember last week. It was the law that was written. And once it was written. Even though they had came into the king. In a manner of. In a way to. In a subtle way. You begin to see the spirit of the demonical force. And the power of evil. Watch. Can I say this? Anytime you start listening to a voice. A subtle voice that begins to speak to you that's contrary to what this book and what you've been taught all your life. I'm going to tell you something. You better look from where that voice is coming from. You better pay attention. Where's that voice coming from? Who's it coming from? What's what's this voice trying to lead me to? Okay. I'm telling you. Well, I'm feeling some things here this morning, but... I'm telling you, this subtle voice, this, this trickery, rebellious way of things being brought about and brought into families and brought into a world, it hasn't changed. And so this is what's happening, amen, as, as, as we watch this unfold. And now, but God's working now. God's working. So this is where, amen, where we're going to see where Esther comes in on the scene, but not only Esther. And we're going to see some very powerful and beautiful things of Esther. That regardless of her position, regardless of her place. Now, again, Esther could have got a, 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 an attitude or a spirit about her. She lost her mom and dad. We're not sure why. Uh, maybe, maybe they were uh, persecuted. Maybe they were killed. Uh, you can go back, I believe, um, if you go to Esther 2 and 5. Uh, you're going to see there, and um, I know I bypassed some things, but uh, time was going to allow me. Now, Shushan, the palace, um, there was a certain Jew, it's mentioned, it says, whose name was Mordecai, the son of Jair, the son, it talks about them. And so, so if you go back to Second Kings, you're going to read there, where, where Mordecai was one of the first one, a part of that group, a man, I believe it was some 10,000. That's written there. That all that was with with had skills and talents and ability was brought a man into uh, the Babylonian captivity, and uh, the poorest was all that was left there. And so this is one of the first encounters that brought in. And so Mordecai and is brought in, and he is a Jew. And now he begins to instruct Esther. No doubt Esther had a beauty, a beauty that was given to her by God. And so God knew where she was at. As God begins to operate in our mom. Dad has passed away and they're gone. And so he takes her in. In fact, some places translation put it as a foster a father unto her. He begins to mold her and shape her and cares for her. Begins to put into her heart and her mind and spirit about God and the, the love of God and the things of God, even though they're in Babylon. Okay? Now, just because they were in Babylon didn't mean they quit preaching and teaching and practicing the things that were godly and wholesome. We see this through the three Hebrews. We see this through Daniel. Now we're going to see it through Mordecai. And so the setting of our lessons, the last three or four lessons, is helping us to, to understand in trying and difficult times and trying times, it's not the time to bow. 
It's not the time to cave in. When you know you're living right. When you know you're doing what the word of God's instructed you. Regardless of where it's coming from or who it's coming from. To stand for this truth and stand for this righteous and godly way. This is the right thing to do. There's a right season and a right place. Amen. And you know what? Everybody's going to come to these crossroads. Maybe not in the measure and the power of Esther that you, you read about this morning. But you know what? All of us has family. All of us has friends and neighbors and a community. And everybody's watching more than you think. Everybody's observing. They're going to see what your outcome. I, 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 how many of you heard this little statement? I'm just going to use our own good evangelist, Brother McCain. How many heard this statement? Amen. I wonder what Brother McCain would have done through the COVID. I wonder how he'd have handled it. I wonder how he would respond to it. You know how true that is. And how many of us has also said about the elders of this country. Somehow that we could pull up some of those as a part of writing the Declaration of Independence. And we could just pull them up and set them in the, in the chambers all of a sudden. Let them voice until them that's sitting around for just an hour or two and see what the outcome would be. <laughs> You'd probably be shocked with all of us. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not pointing fingers at nobody. I'm talking about all of us. Amen. But, but now it's on us. And so, but you know what? We're still responsible and we're obligated to the truth of God and the true plan of salvation. I mean, how did, how did we wind up with so many denominations anyway? Out of one book. Out of one God. So somebody's got to be wrong. Somebody, everybody can't be right. All these ways don't lead. What God, what almighty God would just leave and confuse people who is not the author of confusion would leave multiple ways to cause confusion to know him. See, when you really, really begin to think about it, it don't make no sense at all. Because really to live for God, all it takes is good common sense. Is all it takes. So, as Mordecai man is brought on this, and uh, he begins to instill into the heart and the mind, man of of Esther, you can see in the sixth verse, he had been carried away from Jerusalem with the captivity which had Judah, which never cared the king of Babylon had carried away, and. Uh, here we see his uncle's daughter, and um, he begins to beautify, fair and beautiful, and begins to describe her, talks about her. But she becomes chosen. When you start down to about the 12th verse, it talks about the maids and how that she's picked, and how there was a search made in all the prophets, 127. Amen. And so there's multitudes of beautiful young ladies that's brought in. Man, there's certain qualifications that they had to meet. Certain standards they had to meet. Folks, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just over and over and over. And, and, and more so to the church of this bride today would be in the spiritual realms. That shows up. That shows up in the conduct again. That shows up in our actions and our attire and our way that we walk and talk and live. And so here they was had to meet in certain qualifications. But, but God, even with all the gift that she had, notice what happens. And I know time's not going to allow me to read all this, so I'm just going to bump on some of it and go on. Uh, we, we realize that she finds what? Favor and grace. Thank God for his favor. Thank God for his grace. 
Thank God for Jesus that brought both truth and grace. In a measure, in prayer this morning, uh, something I was just nudged a little bit by the Holy Ghost about uh, the mercies of David. The mercies of David. When the law was against him. When the... uh, when what should have took place in David's life, he should have been stoned. He should have been done away with. But the sure mercies of David, he found mercy in God. And God showed him that mercy. And man, it didn't take him out. But uh, removing those sins, man, that he could continue on. And even though it caused him heartaches and disappointment in his family. And from that time on, man, his home wasn't the same. And he suffered many things from it. But us tonight, or this morning, amen, as we gathered here, had the sure mercies of David to touch us. Which is our Lord Jesus Christ, amen, the mercy and his compassion to visit us. And to move upon us and to help us. And to strengthen us in the world and the time that we're living in today. To walk in the measure that he would have us to walk. So as you watch Esther... She begins to offer herself, present herself. And it's not just a, a few weeks, but there's actually a whole year involved of perfumes and ornaments and, and, and in, in Chamberlain, a man that's over her and overseeing her. And you watch her very closely. She follows a practice that she had followed with Mordecai. Not only did she find favor and grace with him, a man, but to Chamberlain and those uh, uh, that was over her, a man, she would, she would obey whatever they would entreat her and tell her she never allowed her beauty she never allowed her position a man to rile up against them to rebel against them a man but she shows submission she shows subjection and whatever they would instruct her even up to the point when it comes time for her to go before the king a man she didn't ask for anything outside what that chamberlain had instructed her she didn't request for anything else she didn't let her own abilities her own reasoning her own wishes, her own desires, amen, to engage in none of that. She just simply obeyed them. They had the rule and the authority over her. Even to the point, amen, that Esther would not give her identity of who she was, amen, as far as being a Jew. Even though Mordecai's why? Because Mordecai, prior to all of that, had instructed her. Now you see the hand of God in this. You see how God works through these human vessels, amen, because he knew what was unfolding, what was going to take place, amen. And so Mordecai instructor said, don't, don't give him your identity. Don't tell him who you are. Now, as the time goes on, Mordecai, as he goes to the gate, the gate, king's gate, on a daily basis to check on Esther to see how things are unfolding. While he's there, he hears of the two chamberlain that had become wroth against the king, and they had become with, with an idea of doing away with the king. Going to kill him. And so he, man, gets word to Esther. They check into it and find out. And so, you know what? They just write it down. They just make note of that. What unfolds and takes place. And this is prior to other things that's happening. And so then it comes along and as time begins to unfold. And so he tells him. So, you know what happens? Haman, the very next chapter, picks up about Haman. How that, how that the, the king Hazarus, amen, sets him up and sets him above all. And he even puts out a law for everybody. 
everybody to bow to him. Everybody to submit to him. Are, are you understanding what this lesson's about? Have you understood what the lesson's been about in the last two or three weeks now? It's all about bowing. Now, all, everybody, now watch this. Everybody's going to submit to something. Everybody's going to bow to something. Everybody's got to choose what you're going to submit to and what you're going to bow to. And we can all use whatever reasons why we do it or we don't do it. But I'm going to tell you something. Only those, and I say may on this, we submit ourselves to that which is true, to that which is godly, and that which is wholesome. That is backed up by the word of God. Anything outside of that, it doesn't matter if it's come from our families. It doesn't matter if it's come from whoever and however. It doesn't matter if we've done it for monies behind it, or our prestige behind it, or our famous positions are behind it, and God, elevation and, and recognition. If we've done it for those reasons, purpose, then we're in trouble. But if we do it for the kingdom's sake, the true submission and the true subjection is about kingdom. Jesus taught us this what? Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Everything that we do, every word, every deed, every action is done in His name. Everything that we're involved in on a daily basis as Christians, as Holy Ghost filled people. Amen. We're, we're, we're His. And, and we never know when the opportunity is there. To do a little watering, to do a little planting. Amen. And, and, and God knows, God help us. <laughs> I mean, there's so many things sometimes that bombards our minds and hearts and distracts us and pulls at us. And you know it. And life, you know, hadn't got, got easier. I, I'm hearing one after another, even after those that retires and does this and does that. And they thought, man, I thought I'd just have a whole lot more time to do. And man, I got this to do and this place to go and this. You know, so, you know, but anyway, we, we got to get to that place that, you know what? kingdom of God. I, I, I want to make sure, amen, Bishop Odom, and, and not only Bishop Odom, I heard, uh, amen, Brother Kellop actually mentioned this. He said his own dad, his own dad experienced uh, a death experience just a, not about a year or so or maybe a little past that, uh, amen, but God raised him up. And so, but now his dad's even saying, I want to make sure I'm right with God. I want to make sure, more importantly than anything else, I want to be right with God. I want to be right with God. You know, that's the spirit that probably needs to captivate our generation. In the time and the hour that we're living today, in knowing that the coming of God is at hand by the events around us, that more important than anything else, I mean, it's the best thing you can do for your, fi- your family, all said and done. It's the best thing you can do for your spouse, your loved ones, your sons, your daughters, your grandchildren, your friends, your neighbors. That's true friends, that's true neighbors. <laughs> that cares about your soul and eternity and theirs too. There's two, because here, here's the key. Because when you reach that point in the kingdom of God and you're fulfilling what you've been called for in that kingdom, because this is what Esther's all about. Saving the queen was about saving the Jews. All the Jews wasn't there, but the multitude that was under that 127 precincts, those. Haman had sat out, but and to watch this. You know why Haman hated him? Because Mordecai wouldn't bow to him when he come out that gate. And so they began to question Mordecai. Other servants and them that were there, they knew it wasn't really his makeup and character because they questioned, Wait, Mordecai, why don't you bow? Why are you not obeying the laws of the Persians here? I mean, we've seen you in other areas, you don't. You know, that that we can that obeys the laws of this book, we can obey. I'm going to tell you something. 
But even this book gives us the right not to obey the laws of the land. What the laws of the land justify doesn't mean it's justified by the house of God and by God. I'm saying more here than what you may think. You see, it started several years ago, just alcohol. But now we're living in a day and a generation that now, <laughs> drugs. They're going to keep pushing until one day you're going to watch them smoke marijuana. While they pump grass. While they do all the other. And if you're not careful, they'll start okaying it. And churches that's not built on solid rock and true self-separation, they'll accept it. I'm going to move on, I can tell. But it's the truth. It's the truth. That's the reason just anybody and everybody, and hey, I hate to be this blunt, but I'm not educated enough to be not be. So that's the reason they okay everybody in heaven. Everybody can just go. It doesn't matter what kind of lifestyles, regardless of what they're done, because they start okay and justifying. I'm telling you, this spirit's been working for a long, long time, ladies and gentlemen. It's been around a long time. And this is what you see. And this is what's unfolding. But Esther stood her grounds because she was listening to a man called Mordecai. Now Mordecai had done something that he told Esther not to do. <laughs> he finally, as they pressed him, he said, he let him know. He said, I'm a Jew. I'm one of them one God believers. That's why I'm not bound to him. That's why I'm not yielding to him. <laughs> man, because he knew that Haman. And because of that. Haman, because they revealed to him Haman, who Mordecai was, and he was a, a Jew. And they began to point out the Jews, who they were, where they're at. So Haman come up with the idea, hey man, hey, I'm going to annihilate all of them, take them all out of the 127. He, so he comes before the king and he presents it to him. He said, there's a group here. So they don't obey your laws. And said, man, they're going to cause trouble and heartaches. And they, they, he even put it across like ain't a whole lot of them. They're not really nothing to them. You won't even hardly know they're gone. And kind of that attitude and spirit. If you go back to Daniel's the sixth chapter, the same episode, the same thing unfolded there. Amen with Daniel. And so, but you know what? Esther, he didn't know it. So as the thing unfolds, and because of time here a little bit, let me, let me move on. But watch what, what Esther, amen, because she hadn't revealed herself. And so as the decree signed out and put out and sent out Mordecai, Mordecai goes out and he begins to fast and puts on sackcloth and goes to the king's gate, amen. And so Esther sends a word to him. She finds out, finds out from her chamberlain what's unfolded, what's took place. And so he sends, she tries to send you clothing to Mordecai and tries to get him to, amen, to put on the clothing to take off the sackcloth. He said, I'm not going to do it. He said, because I'm going to cry. In fact, he was one of the first that you read about crying out and crying out. Not allowed, amen, for the Jews and for those to be, because they were that, on that particular day, the 12th month, after research was made on the 12th day, and I believe the 13th day of that 12th month, amen, that that day, that particular day, that all these people was going to rise up against the Jews and annihilate them, and they was going to have the, the, the freedom to take their properties and take their homes and take their land and take whatever they wanted to, that the law of the, of the Persians, they could have the, the authority to do this. And so when this decree had went out, Man, Mordecai, man, begins to fast and he begins to put on the sackcloth and he begins to intercede and cry out. Amen. So it's in this process between Esther and Mordecai is where we read our key verses this morning, our focus verses this morning in that 15th and 16th verse. Amen. That's so well recorded. Then Esther, amen, after receiving, let, let me back up about the 13th verse. Then Mordecai commanded to, to answer Esther, think not with thyself, 
that thou shalt escape the king's house more than all the Jews. She's, he's simply telling her, just because you're queen, just because you're in the king's house, you're not gonna, you're not gonna be, you know, you're not gonna bypass you also. Listen to the next verse. For if I altogether holdest thy peace at this time, I know I've instructed you up to now not to reveal who you are. Not to reveal that you are Jew. You know, can I say this? <laughs> Real Holy Ghost filled people don't run around blabbing off that I'm Holy Ghost filled. Blabbing off that I'm a Christian. Blabbing off looking for big, big, big cuts on prices and things of this nature. You know, real, God, real God, godly men and preachers don't run around with a, with a you know, poster on their shoulder. I'm a preacher. And when I walk in, I ought to get 10% off of everything. And I ought to get special privileges. And, hey, I'm dealing with the Spirit there more than what you think I am. Because there was an attitude in the spirit that got a hold of our nation. That all of a sudden I'm a Christian. I ought to get privileges. But it, it was of the enemy. Because now a lot of Christians think they ought to get these privileges. And if they don't get them, they get messed up. If I'm a Christian, I ought not have to suffer these things. Why should I have to go through this? What, 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 I ought to be a... I'm telling you, I'm touching more there than what you think I am. Because if we're not careful, we think we ought to be exempt from these elements and, uh, and, and forces and powers such as whatever it might be. But that's not true. That's not in the Bible. That's a trick of the enemy. I will tell you something. The enemy's probably got more doctrines and deceitful doctrines out there than God has. He's got all type of doctrines. But you know what? The final result's in the same place. Praise God. So, as he instructs her from, from this, he says, Altogether holdest thou peace at this time, then shall thou enlarge them in deliverance, arise to the Jews from another place. He said, but though he's going to wipe out, and if we don't move and do something, all the Jews in, in this 127 province, present a man is going to be, but thank God there was some. God's going to always make a way. The seed is going to survive. The Jews are going to survive. It's just like the church. The church is going to make it. Just you and I got to make up in our minds to stay in the church. The church is going to make it. The church is going to survive. The church is going to come out. Just you and I got to make up in our minds. I'm going to stay in the church. I'm not going to let nothing get me out. I'm going to stay in the church. I'm going to stay in this kingdom business. <laughs> regardless of what weapons are formed against me. Regardless of the hurts. Regardless of the restrictions. Regardless of the laws and commandments. I'm going to stay with it. It's going to be worth it if I just hang in here. Compare 70 years with eternity. And we're not even really guaranteed to the 70 years. Or not. Goes on, he says, But thou and thy father's house shall be destroyed, and who knoweth whether thou art come to the kingdom for such a time as this? What is he saying? Thy father's house is going to be destroyed. You're the only one left out of your, your father's house, Esther. Mom and dad's gone. You got to start making this thing a personal thing now. You got to start making it a family thing. Oh, God's going to make a way because there's some Jews, amen, that's done went to Jerusalem. 
There's some others in other precincts because he done scattered them to the east and west and north and south. But what about your family? What about your local assembly? What about your community? Man, it changes the warfare. Let me, let, me, let me say this. What was one of the key elements that Nehemiah used whenever he was building the tabernacle? What did he tell him? Fight for your own children. Your own wives. Hey, there's something that moves inside of a mother and a dad when it comes to their little darlings. That moves inside them, buddy. <laughs> I mean, if you want to get the bad side, and we have to be careful of that, don't we? Because sometimes it could be not so much to the good. <laughs> but, but when it's right, when it's right, when it's right, to be, be treated right, to be treated fairly. Man, to be treated with respect. <laughs> anyway. And so she's called forth. And then Esther bade them return to Mordecai. And so gathered the people, the Jews, all of them. And Shushan said, we're going to fast. We're going to pray for three days. We're going to fast and pray and seek the power of God and the hand of God. And sure enough, this unfolds and takes place. And, and, and after that, the third day, and she, the third day, the end of the third day, she goes in. She can present herself. She, she, she does everything. She prepares herself. Watch this. When you and I do everything that we could do that's within our powers, within our ability. And God knows now. God knows. Let's don't cut ourselves short. Let's, let's, don't, let's do what we know that we can do. Let's do what we call for, what we expect it to do. As we humble and yield ourselves into his touch, into his power, into his heartbeat. To his calling and to his election. The gifting that he's blessed us with. The talents he's blessed us with. Amen. But when we've done all we can do, we leave the rest of it in God's hand. And sure enough, and, and we know we know how the decree was. Hey, I haven't been called on 30 days, Mordecai. You know what the law is. That law can't be changed, but you walk into the inner courts. Now, it's not that outer court. That's where Naaman would walk in. But Esther was going to walk into the inner court. And if you enter into the inner court, there's a lot of people on the outer courts. And they don't have no desire to enter into the inner courts. But to know this God... And the powers of his riches. And the power of his spirit. You've got to get from the outer courts. You've got to get to that inner court. That's what Jesus Christ was all about. That's what the written of the veil from the top to bottom was all about. That's what the cross is all about. That's what the sacrifices made. Is to get to this inner court. And if you don't get to the inner court. You're going to be a Naaman. You may not think so. You and I may not think so. But I'm telling you we're naming. The naming is acted as unto an antichrist spirit. A hater of the Jews. Which was a hater of God. And hater of righteousness and godliness and wholesome. You have people. If they hate righteousness and godliness and separation. Can I just, can I sum that up for you? They're a hater of God. They're a hater of God. There's no other way to put it. I know that's, that's pretty heavy. I can tell here. <laughs> we have, we got to have a, got to have a love for truth. 
Got to have a love for the commandments and righteousness. And so she was willing. You may say, she says, if I perish, I perish. She would rather perish trying to save her father and her father's name. Now watch this. Who's our father's name? Whose name did we take on? I'd rather perish trying to save the name and stand in for truth and righteousness than just let Heman and the devil have his way. Folks, it's a time to make a stand like never before. Not just in public. Let's don't have a Pharisee attitude and spirit about it. But even in private times, in our own homes, that's where it's going to count. Because if we can do it there, we won't have no problem doing it in public. If we could do it there, conducting ourselves and handling ourselves in a manner and a way that's pleasing to God. And so we see how she, she's willing to do this. And sure enough, but she comes in that inner court and man, the king, the Bible calls it what a scepter. The golden scepter that is extended out, and amen, to her. And she reaches out and touches that golden scepter. Now, watch this. Jesus Christ's scepter, go to the Hebrews writer. Amen. The scepter of Jesus Christ is a scepter of righteousness. A righteousness that he wants to extend out to us as we reach out and get a hold of this, this scepter of righteousness. Amen. That can flow through us as God leads us, as God directs us, as God helps us. I'm telling you, for his name's sake, he'll lead us into the pathways of righteousness. For his name's sake, he'll, he'll in, give us that endued power and strength and energy to live a guided life, a wholesome life in the present world that we're living. Come on, come on, as we stand in this house, I'm sorry time is up, but, but I'm telling you, if we'll just fall in love with it, as we'll submit to it, as we yield to it, amen. And so she did that. She humbled and yielded herself to Mordecai. She humbled and yielded herself. She didn't allow her beauty. She didn't allow her position. Even as queen now, even as queen, she still yielded herself to Mordecai, yielded herself to the voices that knew what was right. And because she was willing to do that, come on, folks, Let's don't let our beauty, let's don't let our talents, let's don't let our positions, let's don't let anything, amen, bring us and usher us into a place that we're not willing to hear the voice of the Father, the voice of God, the voice of the Word of God, the Word that would prick our hearts, the Word of God that would move upon our minds and move upon our spirit and help us to be redeemed and help us to be atoned and help us to be delivered. Hallelujah, that's what it's all about because she was willing, that's the reason the queen had to be saved by the saving of the queen. Now, I, I, I talked to you at the beginning of the lesson how much wrath this man could have hallelujah I mean he'd have done away with, with Esther just as quick as he'd done away with Vastai I'm telling you amen but he didn't do it and that wasn't the only time that she came in but there was a second event amen that she comes in after Mordecai and after she brings the watch it she uses the benefit she uses amen the, the same process amen a banqueting amen to get the king's attention because she knew that was his heartbeat that was what he was his spirit. That was his makeup. She, she goes in and invites him to a banquet and invites Haman and Haman along. And then to a second one. And you know the process that went there. And time is not going to allow us, but <laughs> praise God. Folks, I have a feeling we really underestimate every time we gather here. Whose presence we're, we're, we're coming into. Folks, there's a banquet that you and I want to be a part of one day. There's a lamb supper that you and I want to be a part of one day. There's a gathering, a partying, if you please. A banqueting. It won't never end, in a sense. I don't have God's going to unfold all that. I don't have God's. I just know I want to be a part of it. I sure don't want to be a part of the other. 
I know they talk about purgatory. I know they talk about a lot of things. I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell us again this morning. It's going to mean something to make it. To be a part of this. To be drawn into this. God's so good to us. But the second time she enters into that inner chamber again now. And the second time, amen, the king extends that golden scepter. And rewrites, not rewrites, but writes were what? The Jews have the right, amen, on this day to defend themselves and fight. And not only that, Mordecai is taking the position of Haman now. Mordecai, the king, that he took the ring off of Haman's finger. <laughs> Come on, let's understand what Jesus Christ has done for us with authority and power and dominion. Jesus Christ has come and took that dominion. Uh, the, the failure of man, the fall of man, took it from Satan. Took the power of death, amen, away from Satan. Amen. He's done conquered it. Now that authority and power, he took that ring from Naaman. And now it's placed on Mordecai's finger. And now all the lieutenants and all the sergeants and captains and all the military men come under the leadership. And the Bible says they actually fear Mordecai. This one God man. Has the power and the authority. Amen. To whatever he calls, that's what's going to happen. To the point and place that when that day arrives in that 12th month, the Jews are going to have the right. And the fear had gripped the people that was going to rise up against them. That they knew that, hey, it would just be a slaughter. And then Shushan alone, 500 was, was killed. 500 were slaughtered. Amen. Of the, of the God-haters. The God-haters. So God was still in the business. Not only in Jerusalem. That some had done way their way back. But even in Babylon. And under the Persian kingdomship. The grace of God. Can I tell you something this morning? Don't underestimate the grace of God. His grace is sufficient. If you're willing to step out and believe it. If you're willing to submit yourself and give yourself to His grace is sufficient to save you. Not in your sins, but from your sins. There's a difference. We're living in a world today that wants to take the grace of God as they did. Amen. And, and turn it over to lasciviousness. If you go back and study this king, that's what he was full of. is lasciviousness. Full of lust and the, the partying thing and, and the beds and all the episode and all of it. Live encounters of it. And that's what our world is becoming overwhelmed by. Through Hollywood and the powers and forces of evilness and drugs and alcohol. But the grace of God is sufficient this morning to save you if you desire to be saved. If you desire to walk out of that lifestyle and give yourself to this almighty God. The grace of God is more than sufficient. But if, you're, if, you're, if your business is more about amen, making your flesh happy. Or making your carnality happy. Man, and you don't have a love for righteousness or the things of God. <laughs> Here's mercy and grace. It's all about love. It's the love of God to put him on that cross, nothing else. And it's our love for him and love for the things of God and things of righteousness. For his presence to be in our lives, for his power and authority. To be in our hearts and to be in our minds and in our spirit to work for us, to help us. I want to make it. How about you? Why don't we just 
I tell you what, these altars are open if anyone would like to. But if you don't, that's, that's, that's up to you. But the grace of God is sufficient. I'm going to tell you again. Why don't you let his word, why don't you let, you let, why don't you let his promises, why don't you let you, his comforting hand. Hey, this world's going to fail you. Those things that you give yourself and submit yourself, they're going to come up short. You're going to find yourself in a place one day when, when they won't get the job done. They won't, they, won't, they, won't, they won't peace you any longer. They won't bring satisfaction any longer. And there, there, there's going to come the day there's going to be a payday. A payday that you're going to... Because, see, those gods always require it. Those, whoever you're servant to, those masters are going to require it. But thank God for His mercy and grace today. What about it this morning, church? What about it, ma'am? What about it, sir? Hallelujah. His grace is sufficient. His mercy that's available. That's fresh every day to move upon our hearts to save us. Hey, this is what church is all about anyway. It's not about always about the dance and the shout and the, the chill bumps. And, no, it's about digging down and getting our souls right. It's digging down and getting our hearts right. It's about taking the, the, and making the, the opportunity count. Hallelujah. Today, you're, you're just born for such a time as this. This is the day. This is the hour. This is your moment, Esther. Don't miss it. Don't miss the opportunity. Tomorrow could be one day too late. Tomorrow, amen, the opportunity. Chance. Amen. The chance to be famous, the chance to be read it, study it. You'll see it. All of us in the time and the place and the timing and the place and the timing and the place. And hallelujah. That's where they become the famous moment, the famous times. Hmm. I can prove that with the word of God with Jesus Christ. The opponent time. The opponent time. <laughs> the opponent time of Christ Himself. Amen. When they would try to usher him in as a king. When they would try to destroy him and all these different things. But no, the point at time, the point at time, at that point at time he came. And that's the same way with you and I. We got a point at times. Let's don't miss it. What about it today? Let's don't miss it. Church, why don't you help me pray? Why don't you help me intercede? Why don't you help me cry out? We need some Mordecai's, don't we? We need some Mordecai's that help us, God, that help us cry. Help us, amen, to be moved, help us to be stirred, to, to break the atmosphere, to speak. The, you know why? Because we're so busy in our world that when we get here, we don't have a whole lot left. We don't have a whole lot to give because we've been so busy for six days that the Sabbath day now has lost its impact. God, help us here this morning. It's your touch we need. It's your visitation. It's your power upon our hearts, your power upon our minds, and upon our spirit. Help us, God, to have the spirit of Mordecai. Help us, God, to have a Mordecai in our hearts, a Mordecai in our lives. I can speak to us in difficult times and difficult situations, God. And God is an Esther, as an Esther God, that we would step up to the plate and God would intercede and we'd cry out, letting the sure mercies of God and the powers of the Holy Ghost to grip our spirits and to grip our hearts, break down the strongholds, God, break, break down the powers of evilness and wickedness. And God, care, care would grip our hearts. Hallelujah. Care, God, about the outcome of a soul, the care about eternity, God, the care, amen, of what's going to happen to them. 
If there's not a change made, if there's not a transformation made, God, oh God, we want to see it here today. As you move upon our hearts, as you move upon our minds, as you move upon our spirit, as we worship you and magnify and exalt you here today, God, your power would baptize us. Your anointing would move upon us. You'd help us, God, to overcome our infirmities. You'd help us overcome our weaknesses, God. You'd help us overcome the powers that wars against us. Every weapon formed against shall not prosper, God. Help them see it today, God. Help them realize it today, God. Help them realize that they can overcome those things that's got them bound. Overcome those powers, God, that's got them bound in their minds and bound in their hearts and bound in their spirit. That you're a liberator, that you're a deliverer, God. You'll do it here on this Sunday morning, God. With the powers of your riches and your touch and your promises that's forever settled in the heavens, God. We would tap into them, God. We would connect into them, God. Help us connect, God, through the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Help us connect, God, into your riches and to your powers and your touch in this house today. Jesus, 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 Jesus. God, you'd help us here today. 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 Jesus, in that wonderful name of our Lord, in the wonderful name of our Lord Jesus Christ, you'd help us here today, God. Through that wonderful name of our Lord, through the wonderful name of our Redeemer, God. God, you'd baptize us in this house. You'd move upon our behalf. You'd move upon our souls. You'd move upon our spirit. The power of your touch, the power of your grace, the power of your compassion. God, you see every soul that's in this house this morning. You see every life, God. You see where we're at. You know the days, the weeks, the months, the years that we got ahead of us. God, you speak with such clarity. You speak to us with your love and your compassion. You touch us, God. Nobody can touch us like you can touch us. Nobody can move upon us and help us. God, as we humble and yield ourselves into your compassion, to your mercy, and to your grace, and to your kindness. Stir us, God. Stir us like we've never been stirred. Stir us here this morning, God, as your touch. God, touch us to stir us for your purpose. God, help us to purpose like Daniel, purpose like the three Hebrews. Purpose like Mordecai, God. Mordecai, that we don't read nothing about for 70 years, but now, the end of the journey that kept himself, that offered himself, that instructed God, instructed Esther, God, in your riches and promises, God, we'd hold on. We'd hold on. It's hold on to the truth. Hold on to this righteous way and godly way. Oh, the righteousness of God. Hallelujah. Take up seed in our hearts, our minds, and our spirit. In all areas of our lives, we love you and worship you here today, God. Putting our faith in you. Putting our trust in you. Putting our hope in you today. Day, God, to visit us and to move upon us and to guide us in the powers of your word and the powers of your riches. In the through the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Giving you thanks here today, God. Giving you thanks here today, God. To guide and lead us and direct us. The powers of your touch, the power of your presence, God. Help us, help us, God, as we worship you in this house this morning. Magnify and exalt you in this place, God. Touching every soul, touching every heart, touching every life. Through and by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We love you, Lord, and appreciate you today, God. You visit us and move among us and guide us. The powers of your grace, the powers of your mercy, and the powers of your touch. Through the name of Jesus, through the name of Jesus, through the name of Jesus. I worship you, Lord. I magnify you, God.
from God to feel like you could purpose, to feel like you could touch, to feel like you could touch. Stir us God, according to riches, according to your purpose. Jesus for your compassion. Thank you, Jesus, for your love. Please don't let it slip from your heart or mind or spirit today. The sure mercies of God, the sure graces of our God today. He loves you with an everlasting love. I don't know what the next few days and weeks, months may hold, but He does. But you remember one thing, he loves you. And he wants you to be saved. He wants you to be made whole. He wants you in the kingdom for such a time as this. Could it be that our time is running out and it's time and high time to get in? God, you help us here today. We love you and appreciate you. Thanks for all for being here today. Practice at 4.30 for the praise singers, 5.30 prayer time, 6 o'clock service time. If you don't mind, church, would you please kind of keep this, this on your heart today, in your mind today. I really believe God's trying to do something for us in this local assembly. Let's let him have his way. I know you've got to do things and children to brushings and responsibilities. Please, please, don't let all that push the most reported thing that you and I can do. That's to have the mind of Christ. Hey, God knows what the next few days hold. And he can prepare us if we let him. Okay. Love you. Appreciate you. God bless you.